0: later in the episode i think what pisses me off the most is when a civilization has a barbarian camp near them and their barbarians come to my city and they're like why aren't you dealing with the barbarians i'm like they're closer to your city than mine you take them out uh yo dude we're recording um you want to get off civ
1: just give me a few minutes
0: just one more turn just one no minute. no
1: it, i'm just closing it we want to talk about
0: actually i want to talk about civ uh civilization I know you've played Civ Five before. Now that you got, got, yeah, now that you got your brand new laptop, uh, you down the immediate thing you did is bought Civ Six. So, anyways, let's talk about Civ Six on this episode of C roller and Willie. I'm Willie, and I'm C Roller. We're gonna be talking about uh, Civilization, and you said you Willie, you said that you were uh, into that you got into Civilization Four. What got you into
1: it? Well, actually, let's go back in the. Back in time, because I actually played Civilization on the first PlayStation when it first came and out.
0: And what was that? What version was that? I
1: do not know. We're going to have to look that up. We'll let you guys know. But it came out on the first PlayStation, and I was always a console guy. I never really, I never owned a PC. I always played on the console. Then later on, they brought Civilization on the... I think it was the PS4 or PS3. They brought Civilization 4, 4 out, and I started playing that, but it was completely different it kind of remind me of like playing like the sims because the characters in the game are like goofy like bllood, 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 bllood. you can't understand a single fucking thing they're saying you have to read everything
0: i think i think the first one was civilization 2 oh because i don't know uh the only thing i'm seeing here is civilization 2 for playstation but i'm not seeing any civilization 1 for playstation
1: oh so i started on the second one then
0: I could be wrong on that, but I don't see anything that's saying that that the first civilization was on PlayStation.
1: Yeah, it was probably on um, PC, like DOS or something.
0: But I think what got me into it was actually my sister. Uh, She was playing it and uh, she recommended it to me. And I think I also I started on like PC playing Civil Sid Four, and I got five.
1: Oh, you started on Sid Four? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I'm like I'm like ahead of you then, huh?
0: And then, like Civ Five was like was like my biggest thing for a while, and I really liked it.
1: I didn't start playing Civ Five until it came out on the Switch because I don't have a PlayStation or an Xbox anymore. I like all, all I got is a Switch, and they brought that onto the Switch, and that's why I'm always behind because the Switch is always behind on games.
0: Yeah, well, anything that's not Nintendo, they have to port over to uh, the Switch. So it always takes a few a uh, few years to do that.
1: I think I bought five, like last year, and I thought that was brand new. Then I realized just now that Civil- Civilization Six been out for like you know forever. I didn't yeah, know that. and
0: just just as February they announced they're starting on uh, Civ Seven. It ain't out yet, but they're working on
1: it. How long do you think that would take?
0: Oh, at at least a year, if not two.
1: So I gotta play I mean, the shit out of this one and. The
0: way I see it is their leader pass and their, uh, that that, led, that that last uh, DLC, the last two, were kind of their last push towards Civ 6.
1: Well, I'll tell you what, I'm not going to be behind on this one. I'm going to get it right away. So tell me your experience on Civilization 4 when you started playing it. Oh, that was a cool
0: game, but I didn't understand it. It wasn't until Civ 5 that I started understanding what was actually, how to actually play it, because I had started playing towards the end of the cycle. Right.
1: Uh, Civilization Four was more basic, you know it wasn't like really as as much what you can do. It's just oh, build a city and build shit inside that city, move your troops now with the um civilization five now, now you got all this like room you got you get to play with like every slot you can like put different things in It wasn't like that on four was it
0: oh it's it's been so long. Civ five and Civ six are the most in my memory, and they're mostly the same. But I think Civ six has had a lot of a lot of changes. Like one of the things that bothers me is the fact that there's that towards like when I was playing Civ five, there was diplomatic victories, and that didn't come into the late DLC of uh, Civ
1: six. I never accomplished a diplomatic. So how's that work?
0: You go to World Congress and people vote for a world leader, but there's also. um but there's also the, the the leader points that you get from building certain wonders and cert- and doing certain things. Like in Civ Six, you got uh, these these activities. Like there's a festival activity where you get to complete so many different uh, like training athletes and stuff like that. And there's also uh, there's also one for being environment for being environmentally friendly, and there's one for help. There you get one for helping people other other civilizations out. You get leader points from. If you get 20 of them, you do good. The problem I have with it is that by default, you have to win it by by building something right. because every time when it gets towards the end, if, if you have like 16 or higher out of 20, they will vote to take away your diplomatic victory points every time. like you could, <laughs> you could you could spend all all, all of you're your dippl-
1: so get so close, but then you could spend all <laughs> of
0: your you could spend all of your diplomatic favor boosting yourself. And everybody will vote against you to take your points away. <laughs>
1: so they'll, they'll literally it depends stall. on It depends on the difficulty too, right?
0: Yeah, but it pretty much almost unanimously comes down to the fact that they will not let you win. Like the one time I had to boost production because I had a world wonder that I was building. It would give me four diplomatic victory points. Well, I had 18 and they voted me down too. But if I didn't put pro- all my production towards building that one wonder... The next one would have run around, they would have taken two more, and I would have been down from from eighteen to sixteen down to fourteen, and then I wouldn't have won
1: see like all that's confusing to me because like when I play it, I go straight forward like domination, take over every you know civilization, and i win the game like that. that's probably why I never actually got into like the futuristic stuff in the game because in my mindset, I just want to you know attack everyone and that is a way
0: to play, and I think that's why you compare Civilization a lot more to Risk. I mean, essentially, this essentially it's a four phase game uh, where, where you have to go out and explore, and you have to like get resources, and then you use those resources to take over other civilizations. But there's more than one way to do that. You could take them over via culture, via uh, via being scientifically dominant, being like religiously dominant like you could win by being the only religion in the world
1: it's kind of funny because like i i feel like we suck at the game because we normally play on like normal mode right i at
0: least at least play at like warlord because i feel like if i play a settler or chieftain i'm playing on e- like so easy that i will win no matter what the fuck i do i could i could like mindlessly just click things and i'll win <laughs> But at Prince difficulty, I've won on Prince difficulty, but I also lose a lot. Right. So for me, if I want to do a challenge, that's where I'm at. But I know a lot of people play higher difficulties, including even deity or deity
1: level, and yeah, that to I me, I think um, that to
0: me that that oh. is pro playing.
1: Yeah, I think my father, that's been on the podcast before, um, he he played Civilization Four for the um, I think the Xbox 360, and he beat it in every single you know uh difficulty like he being on deity and he was telling me that now that's just all luck it just depends you know you just gotta wait for the ai to well, fuck well i up. mean
0: there isn't an amount of skill that you have to have and an amount of knowledge of the game you have to have just from watching what other people are doing and whatnot but there is the luck of where you spawn at the luck of what other civilizations because if unless you selectively pick every single ai
1: right you get
0: random civilizations
1: see if i would
0: and you also have you also have the luck of you you also have the luck of what of what they choose to do in any given situation
1: right but you can cheat in that if you pick every individual ai what civilization they're going to be you can easily win that well not easily it's still gonna be difficult but i got
0: lucky last night i decided to play a duel uh a dual level and did a domination victory. I got freaking Gandhi as the random. I'm like, this is easy. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, Yeah, that's what I'm saying.
1: You can like sit there and like, I don't know if uh, Zulus are on civilization six or five. I remember on four they were. And if I had a chance to pick like the AI, I would just be like, all right, just use a small tribal, you know, civilization against me and I'll pick like england or something i'll just conquer the whole entire world of domination like later on when i discovered gunpowder
0: you obviously favor domination victories right yeah i favor like cultural and science like i love the long game tech tree and and uh hitting that and hitting that like future tech and stuff like that like because because especially in civ 6 they've added on because in civ 5 like once you once you launch once you launched the moon landing and like the Mars expedition and stuff like that, the game was pretty much over. But now you, now you get to launch like a ship into space. You have to hit light speed
1: and stuff well, like that. And you can't just like put a ship in space and just like, take it off. You got to add more stuff to it. So it's quicker. Yeah. You yeah. That's
0: exactly what you have to do.
1: Yeah. You can't just like, just be all right, go because then other civilizations will catch up to you because they'll like add more shit to their spaceship and they will bypass your spaceship yeah, to- that
0: actually that actually turns it into a real space race.
1: Yeah, yeah. Where you're, uh, where you're. Then next your thing space. you know, you got to build another ship and add all kinds more attachments on that just to beat their ship out in space.
0: I want to talk about like the uh, tech tree difference between Civ Five and Civ yeah. Six.
1: I haven't got a chance to look at the whole entire tech.
0: And I'm not going to look at the entire tech tree. Just the ancient, just the starting point, the ancient era. Like if you look at Civ Five, they have pottery animal husbandry archery and mining as the start and everything else comes after that including sailing and i like the fact that like civ 6 like sailing is one of the starting ones
1: yeah now with like um astrology is one of the starting ones right on civ 6
0: like it's got pottery animal husbandry and mining but off to the branch astrology. Uh, sailing and astrology as the two top tier oh. ones that are Push back but they're still the first ones you can get
1: is that the um is that six yeah this is six. So oh, it good. did change a little bit yeah
0: and i, I like that, that because what it does it, it allows it allows you to get a boost on it allows you to get a boost on like uh coastal cities versus like the other ones where you where you're stuck where, where you're stuck with like five like sailing and the other ones they're all stuck behind pottery that I mean that's a, what
1: that what used to throw me off when I used to play 5 was I wasn't used to the the new tree cuz I you know started on 4
0: with the newest part the Gathering Storm DLC I tend to hit like uh the pottery and the irrigation one almost always so that I can get the bathhouse I try to go that route so that I can get the so so I can get the wonder that stops you from flooding because that is a wonder when you get those uh, disasters. You fl- everything keeps flooding and flooding. <laughs> Although, theoretically, the bane of my existence is volcanoes. Because there's nothing to block against it. Like, if you get coastal shores later on, you can put up barrier things. You can get right. dams and stuff to put on It's rivers. kind of funny
1: how this game tried to be, like, really super realistic <laughs> about things. Like, oh, you had to build, like, a wall around your city, you know. But other than
0: that, I think... if. It- if I if I was inland, I think if I was inland didn't have a lot of uh, uh rivers, I'd probably go with mining as a start because that gets you massive production. As I said, I usually do uh I usually do like a cultural thing and production will get you so many different uh
1: Well I'm not gonna will get you that. so
0: many different wonders like right out the gate. I'm not and,
1: gonna run into natural disasters by the way, because I'll just keep resetting the game till I get a good terrain where I don't have to worry about it.
0: Mm, that's gonna be hard because you're always gonna have a river a coastal line or a volcano somewhere and vulca- as i said volcanoes are a pain in the butt because i don't i haven't found a single way in the game to get around it
1: no there's no way
0: not that i'm aware of all you can do is get a build. all right let's say this let's to...
1: say i start the game right and my first settler right what if i, I know, i'm like next to a river what if i'm just like i'll just go two spaces over here
0: you can do that but then you risk the the loss of uh the loss of food from being next to a river.
1: Yeah, but eventually your city will expand where you're going to be around that river. By the way. anyways, right?
0: Yeah, but you would need an aqueduct at that point. And uh, even then, anything you put around that river is still going to get flooded. It actually, right. it would actually be better to put your city. So you're, you're basically because fog. your city, your city, even if your even if your city gets flooded, your city is not going to be a problem. It's when you put like districts and improvements next to rivers.
1: What really threw me off about this game, though, starting with like five when they started introducing like the builders and building like districts that really threw me off. Cause when I started playing civilization five. I thought I was like kicking ass. Cause I'm like, you know, fighting other civilizations. And then I realized I was so behind in technology and culture. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Cause you
0: weren't building anything.
1: Yeah. I was just like upgrading my city by, you know, building like, you know, other things, you know,
0: also like what, what's your favorite so far in Civ six, what's your favorite uh, thing? What's your favorite leader? Because like this plays into it, because having extra builders is one thing, or having bonuses to the th- to the districts that you place. See, I can't
1: I can't tell you what my favorite leader is because I haven't tried every single one out yet. I just got oh. the game. Okay, but when it came to like Civilization Four, I always used um, America Abraham Lincoln, but then they changed on Civ Five.
0: And they cha- I think they changed it again on Civ 6.
1: Yeah, I think, like, Teddy Roosevelt was, you know, like, one. I think... Was I think
0: he's, he's definitely Civ 6. I don't remember if he's Civ 5 or not. I never played it I don't Mark I don't remember,
1: like, who was Civ 5, but it's, wh- like, it changed, you know? So well, of much. course
0: they change. The gameplay has to change. Speaking of change, what do you think uh, Civ 7 should look like? I one feel- thing I will say, since it was a complaint I've had against Civ 6, I think... Civ seven should start with diplomatic victories in the base game, along with like science and culture and domination and religion. Because I don't like the fact that it was a DLC especially especially elite DLC.
1: You know, back on you know, um back on the PlayStation, um, to win the game, you can win by just building United Nations and it'll instantly like end the game.
0: Pretty sure that's a uh, diplomatic type of victory.
1: Yeah, that's how it was back, you know. On step two, I never got that far because i I would have the game ended within like probably in the year like nineteen twenty because I would take over everyone. All right, so I would like it where the map online, like online map, was big and it can hold up to like twenty players.
0: Pretty sure the larger ones can. Um, I'll have to look into this.
1: 'Cause uh me and Steve Roller are playing on playing an online game if anyone's like interested in playing on Civilization Six. Okay,
0: the Huge map is recommended from twelve to uh twenty players. So
1: Oh they already did it, huh?
0: Yeah, but nobody plays huge that I'm aware of.
1: Yeah, because it'll take too long, huh?
0: I mean imagine how many different pla how long that would be, especially if you're playing online. The AI can can process things like that like like boom, 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 done. Yeah. Players have to be like, okay, I want this one to move here to here. I want this one to move here to here. All right, which city do I or which uh, thing do I want to place here? Which th-? they have to think about every little thing they have to do, Or an AI already can, can just be like, okay, I need this this here to here this here to here this here, to here. Boom, <laughs> boom 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 then and it still them. takes forever
1: that's why the barbarians are such a nuisance because they already know what they want to do before you do oh
0: the barbarians yeah <laughs> i know i said volcanoes were the bane of my existence but barbarians are worse
1: yeah they're, they're fucking annoying oh my
0: god literally the civ6 barbarians are such a nuisance that like literally if you let if you let the scout get back to their camp they will just keep spawning shit left and right
1: that's what annoys me because like i'm trying to get shit done and these guys <laughs> slow me down
0: i think what pisses me off the most is when a civilization is a barbarian camp near them and their barbarians come to my city and they're like why aren't you dealing with the barbarians i'm like they're closer to your city than mine you take them out i got some i got three other barbarian camps i'm <laughs> taking out motherfucker
1: yeah they're annoying
0: and I was suggested that when you start out the game, you send them out and you send them in a circle to find all the barbarian camps around. You know what's
1: them? even worse? But
0: that still doesn't help when you have three barbarian camps. You know what's no even matter worse? how fast I spawn units, I still can't match three barbarian camps worth of units. Right. Especially when they can spawn one unit per round. I have to spend, at the minimum, at the quickest speed, three turns.
1: You know what's more annoying? It's like the other civilizations aren't doing shit, you know, with those barbarians. But then you see like a city state actually building units and taking out the barbarians.
0: Oh, that's a slight annoyance. I'm like, all right, I'll take out, I'll, I'll take out their, uh, their pikemen, right? Hmm. The, their pikemen will come out and attack me and die. City state. I just wiped the barbarian camp for you. I'm like. <laughs> Yeah. Bitch, I wanted the I gold. Actually, I actually I ran into that. I wanted the gold from that. I took out the unit. I actually let me take out that. the camp.
1: Yeah, I actually ran into that the other day. <laughs> oh
0: <laughs> my god! I mean, I'm I glad it's gone. I don't. I. I no, I'm not going to get all histy about it, but it's just that slight annoyance of. I'm the one that did the work. I should get the benefit from taking the camp. Then they
1: just like, hey, we helped, but we took it over.
0: You you helped by 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 take you it attacked over. you attacked them once and then walked into the camp. Woo! <laughs> I had three units there attacking them.
1: But they do serve a purpose. so city states do serve a purpose.
0: Uh, two purposes. Uh, they two give purposes. you. They they give you they give you bonuses for. Uh, they give you bonuses. You can also take them over and uh, take their land, which honestly, half the time, sometimes like sometimes I I feel like I have to because they'll be like, they'll be like, I have this resource here and it's right outside your city, but since it's in my grounds, you can't have it. I'm like, I need the uranium, thank you very much. <laughs> or I need that oil because none of it spawned in my city. It has spawned it in the city state.
1: Yep. And it seemed like the city states always around the good resource.
0: It's almost like Civ 6 is encouraging you to take over the...
1: Or do you want to see if you're a bad guy or a nice guy? <laughs>
0: well, the worst thing is the AI does it all the time. You'll yeah. see I'll be playing and it'll say so-and-so has been taken over. I'm like, oh, that was a city
1: state. What's the advantages of not taking them over?
0: Uh you gain ben- benefits. Like if you take out like a science city state, all your campuses gain extra science. Um your like your libraries, your universities, they'll gain, they'll gain science the further along you go.
1: That's it. I would take it over.
0: I mean, that is a way to go, especially if you're doing domination. But you also get production from the ones that are military based.
1: Can those uh, city states expand? Because I'm new to this. No, they cannot. Okay.
0: I mean, they their their borders can expand, but they cannot. They they cannot make settlers.
1: All right. So I wanted to p- go back to Civilization Two. I'm pretty sure the way it works, if a barbarian village took over the capital of another um, civilization... Oh, it's gone. It's gone, but in Civilization 2, they can actually start a new um, civilization.
0: Yeah, that's not how that works. The reason I know this is because I literally just did a domination victory. As soon as I took the capital, the game was over.
1: No, I'm saying, like, on C- Civilization 2...
0: way it is now, it does not match. Today. Yeah,
1: okay. So... All right, I thought that would be kind of cool if a barbarian village actually like plundered civilization. Then I thought it would be cool if it starts like a new civilization.
0: I mean, that would be an interesting uh, thought for a future, but that would... Oh, man.
1: That would be pretty cool, wouldn't it?
0: <laughs> that is interesting. Barbarians, be, like if they take over somebody's capital, becoming a new civilization would be interesting. But that would require
1: that's realistic. That would re- That would
0: require that that would require that civilization to be absolutely shit because of how hard it is to take a capital. Yeah. So I guess if you're that shitty you, you would turn into a new civilization,
1: <laughs> but you get kicked out of the game. I'm not talking about the player, I'm talking about the AI, you know, if they get conquered by the barbarian. Oh, or, I know. Yeah, I know what yeah. you're saying. But I'm saying like if you get taken you would, over, it's game that, over. that that,
0: that <laughs> AI or player or whoever it is, would be an absolute shit player to lose their capital.
1: They get kicked out. Then AI takes over for you in this new civilization. Yeah,
0: and that only could work. That only would work with barbarians. That is an interesting idea. I don't think it'll make it into Civ Seven, though. I don't think that. I don't think that's in the books for them.
1: Yeah, because that's how like a lot of countries were made was because you know that like Germany wasn't Germany back in the day. It started out as like little tribes, you know. Then you know taking each other over and then they they end up merging together and stuff and then you got Germany today and I think that's how it happened you know.
0: Now what's your favorite type of government like the ones that are, I'm, I'm assuming it's the ones that have the most military slots well,
1: like what I do is I try to start out first like if I get monarchy I'm going to you know pick that right off the boat if I had the option to
0: then I, I almost always go for merchant republic and then go from there like I, I, I pretty much eliminate all the all the military ones right off the bat
1: is uh communism a thing on five and six because uh, it is you're, okay so like I know that increases your production in your cities really quick. Well,
0: there's a lot of different things you can put in those slots, but I try yeah. to get rid of all the military ones because really, I the the mili- the military I tend to keep is basically just a a uh, ranged class in my cities. That's it. Okay, because. With walls and a range thing, you can pretty much defend against an entire military the entire time.
1: And you're just upgrading your troops because they get promoted every time. Yeah, you just keep upgrading... Because I ran into that problem because I kept attacking an enemy city, right? And then I'm just making them stronger, you know, as I kill my... You know, they kill my units off.
0: I assume if I played on a higher difficulty, I'd probably need more help with this. So I probably... Like, if I played Prince or higher, but for... Well, for Warlord, I think that that's enough. Just putting some kind of range thing and keeping it up to spec. You don't want you don't want your art. You don't want base archers in your town, though. You want no. to upgrade them.
1: Can you imagine like if you don't upgrade your troops inside the city limits, right? Then some that, asshole comes up with a cannon and start blasting. But that's also your shit.
0: why that's also why you need science in your cities. Even if you're not like even even if you're going for a cultural victory, you need science in your cities. So that if you do get attacked. Your units are within the era that you're playing in.
1: You like to go like way beyond like do the space stuff, right? Yeah. Like I never I'll do ultra
0: I'll do ultra science. You'll I'll have a campus in every freaking city and I'll make sure they have the best bonuses. I'll make sure I'll make sure I not only I'll make sure I not only get a, a university in every city, but also strive for the Oxford, uh the Oxford University.
1: So you you go like really in depth. Me, I just like yeah. gun hole and attack everyone.
0: I'm curious. Um, with the Rise and Fall DLC, there was they, they added um, they added like the Golden and Dark Eras. Yeah, let's talk so about that. What is your that. what is your what is your take on that? Because that I, is something new that wasn't in Civ Five. I don't think it was in Civ Four either.
1: Well, I never even got to the point of even trying out. But when I read into it, it seemed like when you go into the Dark Age, it can be a vantage You know, later on in the game.
0: Well. There's certain disadvantages that are immediate, like loyalty drops and certain uh civilizations will
1: will be will be
0: like will immediately be against you. But then again, certain civilizations will be against you because they're jealous of your golden age. So that's that's the low-key problems, but I think the loyalty one is probably the worst one for me. Because if you have a city that's teetering on the on on being loyal. Dropping into a Dark Age will make them rebel against you. Yeah, and that kind of sucks, is you could lose a city that way.
1: Well, which is, which there's, is there's one there.
0: advantage to not putting your cities too far away. Like if you put a city far away, you're gonna have a problem with loyalty, especially if you had a Dark Age. And but there
1: it, are advantages to it too.
0: You get boons to boost your to get boost your accumulation of era points or whatever it's called. Yeah, for for the next one. So hitting a Dark Age
1: like it's not game over when you hit the dark age. Just, no,
0: but at the same time, it's also not um, it's also not preferred to hit dark ages.
1: But there are players out there that you know, they are experts at civilization. They would actually purposely hit the dark age and just you know.
0: That is a way to play. I prefer to play.
1: I mean, I don't play it. I would not want to play it that way because that's to, way I too fer- much. I
0: prefer to play like if I could hit golden age every time. The problem is, is golden age. You don't get the. You you don't get the normal or dark age bonuses that that uh that, that help you boost your ability to get more points towards a golden age, so it's harder to get a golden age directly after a golden age. Yeah. <laughs> so it's hard to get it back to back. Right. But what what you do get with a golden age is things like your trade routes can't be plundered or or you get bonus things for converting cities or stuff like that like you always get something for having a golden age that boons your city directly Literally, who, who clearly, are you
1: bad with
0: clearly i'm bad with the aztecs because you had me research them and i tried to play as them and i sucked with them but that's not that doesn't mean they're bad because no, they're, you're they're ego war- their ego warriors are great but i'm terrible at spamming out units at the beginning
1: you want to keep building shit in your city that you're not pushing out the units see i'm, I'm actually decent with them because i keep building units
0: if i was going for a domination victory i'd rather i would rather do the long game and just overpower everybody with high-tech units than then steamroll everybody at the beginning of the game right whereas you probably would rather steamroll everybody yeah i do actually overwhelming people with high with high tech units goes into my science victories i mean why do you think I, I, do? I don't
1: play on large maps because by the time i even discover the whole entire map the other countries will have like higher tech than what i would you gotta be careful though too because you don't want to play on a small map and add more ai to it because then you're overwhelmed <laughs> with other civilizations but we're going to wrap it up.
0: I hope you enjoyed our discussion of civilization, the past, the present, and the future, essentially. Um, if you like more uh, if you like more of these, uh, suggest other games that we might play and might like. And we'll talk about them when we play them. Also, send us other topics to talk about. Well, I've been C-Roller. I'm Willie. Thank you for watching our podcast.
1: to pick the Aztecs, and you pick you pick uh, Indonesia. I'll capture your guys, and I'll make them my builders.
0: I have to use your uh, your Eagle Warriors, which I can I can science my way past them. I'll just get higher tier units, and you won't be able to attack my units.